trying to run to the top and you... My GPS is always stuck in the goddamn jungle, come on! Welcome to a special edition of Smutcast. Uh, I am the BJ. Um, we are going to be doing what's called a uh, special edition comedian edition. Um, with me to co-host tonight is, we haven't heard from him in a while, a.k.a. Wolverine, Mr. Shane. Wolverine on heroin, is I think that's what it was, but what's up? I don't know. I've never seen that many heroin people like be that healthy and like oh, okay. color in their face. I just know AP called me Wolverine on heroin. So, <laughs> <laughs> so and um, we have with us, uh, we were supposed to have Mr. Kyle Buck, who is obviously a show favorite, um, but he actually had someone come down. I actually met him at Kettle Top uh, um, open mic night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Brad Scott is here with us. You can call me uh, Older Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Old Man Logan. Homeless Logan. <laughs> so he has, uh, like I said, he has a bunch of cool stuff coming up. By the way, unlike Kyle, I care about this show. And was <laughs> so I showed up to my, uh, you know, my commitments. Because if you go through and read the, um, we had a Facebook Messenger thread going, which is always fun. Because uh, Kyle sent it to me and AP, and he's like, hey, we want to have, me and Brad want to come down. He's about to do a live album. And I was like, cool. And, and then I was I was going to have a couple other co-hosts with me. Um, but they're like, dude, it's Valentine's Day. And I was like, I've been married 20 years. <laughs> and then um, and then Kyle's like, and I sent a message Monday, like, hey, you guys good for Thursday? It's Valentine's Day. And everybody was good. And then uh, Kyle had some come up, which is fine. Oh, he's married, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> is he honestly, anyways, I don't no. know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he seems like he'd be a married guy, doesn't he? he? Definitely yeah. does. Yeah, he's uh, in. Like I said, he is one. He's one of the funniest. He's the one that gave him gave me my conf- confidence to keep going up and doing stand up. And then he gave me like real criticism and not that like, hey, I like you because your show criticism. <laughs> no, but that does mean he likes you. Yes. So like in comedy, it's weird if a comic tells you after a set great set great it means they fucking think you're garbage oh and and if they if they don't say shit to you or they stone face you through your set it means that they're insecure about their own career oh see that's why i've always wondered and that's one thing kyle's always said to me because i told a joke once if they give you by the way real quick because i don't want to make kyle sound like he's insecure but if they give you honest feedback yes. that means that they actually think you're you know they see something and they want to help because right. we were on it he, he was on the show and i said well how long do you think before i can go up and maybe do 15 minutes and and i had no desire to rush there right i didn't he's like well you need to get your rhythm down one thing i love about you is every time you come up here it's a different material but one thing you need to do is you need to hone one because what you're trying to do is you're trying to get like 30 minutes but you need to get five down then get 10 down and 15 so he was helping me build it that makes sense yeah and then that's and that's and it is hard because i mean everybody right now it's like any is having a lot more comedians a lot more spots to be doing it now uh, and, and you know it's kind of like anything else is if you know you don't want to take someone else's spot and then so not a lot of people will give you the give you the honest advice about well, it the only the only problem is that there's there's not enough quality spots right now in Indianapolis. Whereas two years ago, you had multiple nights through the week where you could go up in front of good comedy club crowds or, you know, really good showcase crowds. Like, honestly, 
Kettletop in Anderson, which is 45 minutes from Indy, is one of the better, like one of the best open mics in the area, surrounding area. There's just the problem with there's there's some good downtown open mics, but the problem is a lot of them are attended by mostly comedians. And that's what and that's where I struggle with because um, there was a couple times it was just um, it was just comedians in the audience and you couldn't yeah. and you couldn't gauge. And that's one thing that um, Kyle and then uh, Ben Politsky both said. He's like. No, but if you if you need to try that at another place, and, and then you'll notice it'll work here. Because I seen Ben do his act somewhere, and then it just died completely. But then when he was in front of the ride audience, like you know, actual people there to laugh at comedy, it went really well. Yeah. How does that? I mean, go, you've been doing. How long have you been doing stand up? I started in like '03, and like really early '03. And then what was that when you first did it? Was that one thing that would always mess with your mind? You'd be in front of a crowd, be like, I don't, how's, how, why is it working in east part of the town, but in south part of town, it's not working? I was very, very lucky that when I started in stand up in Indianapolis, uh, the Crackers was like the, the, ba- that was the, the top club that you wanted to go to and more, and, and do shows at. And then what became the old Morty's location on 96, which was the Funny Bone opened up right as i started so all the comics that were hosting at crackers that wanted to be feature acts went over to the funny bone and you can't work both places so they opened up a lot of spots so i got into a rotation and was working at a comedy club i think i got booked from crackers four months after my very first open mic there nice and uh i had a lot of older comics around me that kind of gave me advice but you know unfortunately it was only there for a couple of years but that was one of the things that was told to me early on was like it's almost like a quarterback you can't remember the last throw whether it was a touchdown or whether it was an interception you can't remember the last throw you just move on every show is different you don't know what the crowd is going to be like you know so you can't you can't dictate your entire self you know worth and yeah, I'm not going to pretend on. to know what I'm talking about at all when it comes to comedy, but I do listen to a lot of podcasts that have comedians. You hear them talk about it. You hear Joe Rogan, Bobby Lee, those kind of people have their own podcasts. Even uh, Chris Lee, those kind of people, and they always talk about when they go up. And, and one thing I always heard is that you're going to bomb. You're always going like, to oh, yeah. completely just suck ass. And Sometimes you just, it's not even your fault. Yeah. This is the room, or I actually heard something the other day. Um, it was actually, I was listening to him, uh, him, you, and you were talking about how people up at the bar are shifting around and ordering drinks. And, and that's how he fixed kettle top. Yeah. So, so that's another thing that can make your set kind of suck. And there's so many little details like that inside of a show. So basically throughout the course of history that I've known stand-up, at least in the Midwest, there's really always been thought of as two options. You can just try to exclusively work comedy clubs or you know, or you can be like an exclusive bar comic. And whether you do both, you do a majority of one or the other typically. The, most people want to get to a comedy club because the setting, the pay is usually better. The setting is usually more controlled and it's more professionally ran. 
The problem is that should be able to be available in both. Honestly, you should be able to do yeah. a one night bar show and be paid fairly, be paid actually better than you would at a comedy club. Because when you break down the number of shows you do at a comedy club versus what your pay is, it's usually even less than what a, a, a low-end bar show pays. It makes sense, though, because one's built around comedy and the yep. other one's built around but alcohol. both can be. Yeah. The problem is, a lot of times... you got to get management and all yep. those kind of people to be on board. And if they're not, then it's going to suck. And they're usually booked by comics or right. former comics who, you know, uh, decided that that's for financial reasons or whatever, that's a better avenue to get into. And... As much as comics know about running a show, there's this whole thing where like bar shows are just like, yeah, you call a bar, you book the show, and then everything just happens. Yeah. And it does not work that way. To have a very successful, professionally ran type bar show, you have to work with... Because they don't have comedy club experience. Like at Kettle Top, they, they were doing really amazing because the people they were drawing. The problem was they just didn't understand the small details and mechanics that can go into a show that can make or break the experience which is like like i was saying on uh juice in the morning the the bar was the biggest issue we had because at the beginning of the night when one or two people were going up there was fine but halfway through the show there'd be a a log jam mm -hmm. and now that group of people in the line is talking which means the people sitting behind them cannot see anymore or really hear. So now they start talking, and now that whole back room is talking, and it all just filters its way up front to where you kind of start to lose control towards the end yeah. of the show. And if you just shut down that area, that bar, and force people to listen, people will sit and listen for an hour and a half, two hours. They really will. We just don't trust it. Same way with bars will pay competitive fair wages for shows if you're a comic that can show them value. I mean, Kettle Top, I don't think we can have any headliner that could ever complain about what they've been paid by Kettle Top or Red Curb. We pay, you know, we try to pay as as fairly as we possibly can within those venues, and we still beat out a lot of bars that have a lot more capacity because that's the other thing. Comics go in, and they ask for, okay, well, it'll be 500 bucks. That's what I want for the show. And they pay the headliner 200 They pay the feature 100 and then they keep like a 200 commission. I'd say that's a very typical thing. That's insanity. They'll pay a couple grand for a band. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like you, you can easily sell the idea of a, of a bar paying a thousand dollars if they have mm -hmm. at least eighty seats. Yep. See, that's where that's I never knew really the insights of that, and that's and that's very intriguing because I went up to Kettle Tops. Um, they just had a big show a couple months ago or in January, right when the snow first happened. And um, and Ryan Neemiller, right? Uh, no, it was the female comic as the headliner. Oh, Anna Samari. Yeah, and Mo, and Mo Mitchell, who was on there. She's from yeah. Bloomington. I met her. I was blown away by her. Just blown away by her. Oh, Mo Mitchell? Yes. Yeah, she's really, really good. And then, um, actually, she was supposed to be possibly the co-host tonight, actually. That's who I reached out to. Oh, no shit. Yeah. And then she's like, it's Valentine's Day. She has plans with Austin. Austin. I met Austin. And, but He's I, great, too, by the way. And I noticed Austin things, Fry. I noticed things had changed a little bit. And then because when we went up there, like um, Kyle's like had me and my wife seats up at the bar. And I was like, well, this is kind of weird. And then now that you said it, it makes sense was because when we were at the bar, we turned and then nobody came near us. Yeah. And because when I first sat there and I was like, fuck, like I'm at the bar. I'm out to deal with people like, you know, because I'm there because I want to hear these guys and gals. And so and it changed. It was quiet all night. And then. The comics, you could tell they were having fun being up there. Yeah, because the environment, it's like a comedy club in there. Uh, it's, it's. I think, honestly, it's better than a lot of the, like, we've put on a lot, we put on shows that I would I would put up against 
uh, crackers lineups over the past six months. That's my first and only experience of doing stand up is was, was at Kettle Top. And, well, and, and it was it was a really good experience. And I people mean, always ask like, why do you go up to Kettle Top to do comedy? There's other uh, open mics, and like I said, I'm friends with Red Flag, Dyke, and Hannon. Those guys love those guys. Funny guys. But I think some of it had to do with the loyalty to to Kyle because I saw what Kyle was trying to do, and then like you'd go up there as an open micer and like you would do awful, and then he you come off stage and you have this big papa bear, and I know I'm a big dude, but he'd be like, "Hey, you're all right." Yeah, you're right. I try to do the same thing. Like I think people work a lot better, and I think people improve a lot better with self confidence. I mean, you have to be realistic, but you could easily find positives in any you know in anything to kind of help someone and a lot of times if you build people up they will you know even go beyond their means yeah because i told a joke where um you ever heard in investigation discovery channel yeah 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 it's, ID mur- channel, yeah. it's yeah it's murder 24 7 mm-hmm. that's what me and my, my daughter wife, loves that channel me and my wife <laughs> watch that while we go to sleep at night you know yeah it makes for good dreams it makes for a great relationship try to transition <laughs> to sex from that channel <laughs> and but what happened was is they had this high school or this high school girl she was her freshman year in college she was valedictorian like prom queen that's how it always goes just beautiful girl and like and she got murdered and i was i felt angry and i was like i can't believe they fucking killed her I'm watching the show. I'm like, I hope they catch this son of a bitch. And he was foreign, so I threw out some racial foreign slurs, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, at the end, they showed what she really looked like. And my the punchline was like, after I saw what she looked like, I really didn't feel so bad they killed her. <laughs> and then this and- table of three girls just went. <laughs> and Buck goes, ha ha! I said, thanks, Buck. Because <laughs> everybody else was like, why the fuck would you say? I, that's how I felt because I didn't care about her. Because you know how we like pretty people die, we're upset. Ugly people are like, can you die somewhere else? That's true. I mean, that's how we feel. I mean, think about how every time a celebrity dies, it's like we have to have this big mourning process. But if, if it's a normal person, we're like, eh. That's true. I was heartbroken when Ty died from Clueless. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Brittany Murphy. Oh, yes. okay, yeah. By yeah. the way, I heard weirdest some- weirdest death ever too. Didn't she choke on her vomit? So that I'm no, just she had some kind of weird flu. Supposedly they thought that her husband had killed her, right? I think so. I but it was just- actually like nage, like she was taking some medicine. I thought she overdosed on drugs. No, no, that's the that was the myth. But oh. she actually had gotten really really bad sick, and she had flu and actually had leave died it to home. me just to feed into fucking myths and legends over well, here. I, you guys talked about that on the movie review. First of all, Clues is a great movie. Yes, yeah. a, it holds up to this day. As if. And on, uh, <laughs> on the showdown that uh, podcast I used to do from about movies, we used to talk about how uh, you guys kind of said it too. Uh, but we used to call Paul. We used to say that Paul Rudd and Stacey Dash are vampires. Yes. And then we were like, you know what? Like Alicia Silverstone doesn't look like she's changed that much. We were yeah. like, you know, none of them have really grown past their mid twenties. Like they're yeah. all vampires. Like none of them have gotten. Has like you know Alicia Silverstone, Stacey Dash, Paul Rudd, Brittany Dude, Murphy. Paul Rudd um, looks like a million bucks. Dion, uh, Dion, uh, Donald Faison. 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 He was on Scrubs, one of the most underrated sitcoms ever. I just saw Paul Rudd on Ant-Man and Wasp with the shirt off, and I was, dude, he looks fucking like a million and Donald bucks. Donald Faison got got huge for Scrubs. Yep. Like, he was, a, he was a scrawny, skinny dude and clueless, and then all of a sudden he was a Scrubs, and he was swole. Yes, and then... I, I honestly just, don't know who that guy is. Uh, the black dude from Scrubs? Oh, yeah, okay, there we go. Wow. That's all you had to say. <laughs> the black dude from Scrubs. Because Scrubs, <laughs> one of the greatest things is... Oh, he Not is to a- be confused with the black dude from No Scrubs, the music <laughs> video. <laughs> 
<laughs> we don't want none of them. Uh, Scrubs but, guy can't get none. You whatever. know when that song comes on, we all sing it. Oh, for sure. Is, yeah. it, is there? It's weird when you. I'm 38. You're 29. Saying, I had to think about that. What and uh, 36. So we're we're right in the same wheelhouse there. Mm-hmm. You're and then you grew up a. I'll leave. Who's your favorite football team? Uh the Colts. The Colts. But you're talking about. We were talking one night because I'm a big Eagles fan. And and then that's when we started. That's when I first met him. He said something about the Eagles, and that's when we started talking the night after the show up at Kettle Top. But it's weird, is because you get people in the same age group, and then you hear one thing like Clueless, and you could just remember how many times you watched it. And we all quote "Rolling with the Homies." Oh yeah, it might be a little fuzzier to me because I was younger when I saw it. Does that make sense? Like, well, we were talking about when you go back and watch a movie, is how, what movies hold up. Yeah, I mean, because I went back and watched the movies. Like I watched like a Chuck Norris movie, and I was like, "Why the fuck did I watch?" Can this? I tell you what I watched the other day that I think holds up? Meteor Man. That's classic. Have you ever- with uh, 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 Robert Townsend? Yes, dude. The dude that was on. Uh, he had that Parenthood. Yes, was the TV show. Yeah, I remember that. And even fucking uh, Captain Jello himself was in there. Oh. <laughs> Cosby, <laughs> the Cosby, yeah, he's in there. He's got a little secret powers. He's like a closet homeless. He's like Is homeless secret guy. power or secret powder? Because I'm pretty sure he has both. both. Yeah. <laughs> What's the old phrase? Nice guy, bad date. <laughs> Same thing they used to say about Ted Kennedy. I don't know anything about Ted Kennedy. See, I'm old. That's why I said that. <laughs> that just that's one of those I say in a room and they're just like. <laughs> yeah, that even isn't beyond my two years that we I got think, there. Uh, so Ted, well, Ted Kennedy, obviously, was Ted a, Bundy. Ted there Kennedy, we go. We can talk about that all day. The senator from he was the senator from Boston, Massachusetts. He's the one that took a date, had a wreck. She died, and he was drunk, and he got away with it because he was a politician uh, and Kennedy, a, yeah. and a Kennedy. Thus, the reason they say nice guy, bad date. I saw something really funny today. Back to Ted Bundy that. Uh, they call it, what's his show on Netflix called like the tapes or something oh, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said they, they missed the chance to call it Ted talk. <laughs> Ted talk. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> 1995 when it came out, I was six, I was 15. I, so I remember the way that I went and saw that in the theaters. So me and like a group of my friends wanted to go see it. And so we, 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 we were mowing lawns around the neighborhood but by like after the first one and the dude paid us like five bucks <laughs> we were like, like two fuck a- this two so we, acres we would just we would just make the wheel marks oh shit on the grass and then be like yeah it's done that's genius and then uh get the money and leave that is great <laughs> finance the trip they didn't hear you not using the lawnmower i think we would turn it on like we were that lazy we would just turn it on maybe do a couple of like patches or like right up okay, front yeah but then the backyard the whole backyard was just wheel i was gonna marks. say if you if you turned it on and did the wheel yeah, marks then, then you cut the grass we did the we did like whatever one was smaller yeah so if they had a small backyard we would do the backyard but then we would knock on the back door oh makes sense and make yeah. the wheel marks up front to give it the appearance and then just you know get out That's of there pretty on our smart. bikes nice See, and I don't know how recent that picture is of Alicia Silverstone, but come on. She looks like a fucking vampire there. Uh, the undead. Oh, Blast from the Past. I actually enjoyed that movie. I don't know why, uh, yeah, but she I really was do. Batgirl, too. Yeah, let's not bring that up. Ugh. Just k- killed those Batman Did movies. she have nipples on her suit? No, she didn't. Alfred did not put those on there. Well, it's weird. The dudes had nipples, but the girl didn't she have nipples. She had a cock piece, though. A cock piece. She's <laughs> <laughs> a vagina out print. I mean, remember back in the, like now, if you're in a like a superhero movie, like you think it's going to make you, but back then it's like it, it still didn't kill everybody's career. I mean, Arnold and then Clooney was okay, but Uma Thurman and Alicia's Chris like, O'Donnell didn't really recover. <laughs> no. Well, what does he does he do that show with LL Cool J? 
Oh, CSI or some shit like I that. I can't take I him. Know, I can't yeah. take him seriously. I, mean, I can't get all those shows are the same fucking show to yeah, me. Yeah, I, I I love LL Cool J though. I gotta say, I just loved all the Arnold Schwarzenegger when he's like cool down or cool out or whatever yeah, you say. All the yeah. cliches. Yeah, dude. Well, that's what happened when you have Jerry. I think it was Jerry Brockheimer made that movie. Hmm. Um, still not as bad as Michael Bay making a movie though. That's true. I hate it, my, I hate Michael Bay. Is he the one who made Transformers seven hundred ninety three? Oh, yeah, I don't like. Tra- I can't ever tell what the hell's going on. In well, except for Bum- well, the, the Bumblebee in. movie did really well because Michael Bay had nothing to do with yeah, it. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't. I didn't understand. Like, so the Bumblebee movie, you couldn't like. There was no main villain. It was yeah. It was just a weird reboot out of nowhere. No, but like they, they didn't. They well, they kept mentioning a main villain, but he was never on screen. Well, Bumblebee, Bumblebee was fighting depression. That was the villain. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going with the old John Cena joke. <laughs> you can't see. Him. You can't see him. Yeah, you can't see the main villain through the whole. Are movie. you uh, are you a big wrestling fan? I am actually. Uh, started a podcast with a guy named Brent Terhune. Uh, he's a hack. From any no, he's the guy that does the redneck videos with the big red beard. Uh, yeah, I sent him a request to come on the show. He never emailed me back. He's big time now, uh, but no, he we started. A, <laughs> we had, we had this whole okay, so we started this podcast <clears throat> like because it's a weird thing. There is a ton of crossover of wrestling fans and comedians. Yep, like we started learning because like uh, Ryan E. Miller, who uh, you're gonna want to check out, Cripple Threat. Uh, he used to have like. A bunch of comics over to his uh, place to watch the pay per views, and so Brent and I didn't even realize we were both wrestling fans. We both were at the same, you know. We started showing up there, and then we started like when Nee Miller moved, he would just come over to my place and watch it. And uh, like our girlfriends at the time were like, "You guys are actually really funny when you talk about this. You should do a podcast." So we ended up starting a podcast called WrestleMania, and the first like two or three episodes were garbage. I mean, we tried to be a wrestling podcast, and it was not good because neither of us have ever wrestled or ever booked a a match or anything. So I've we, done three matches. Yeah, see, we that's you're three hundred percent more experienced. Because you than see we. the shirt, it's Rip Rogers. Rip Rogers was a yeah, it's an Indiana guy. Yeah, he's, yeah. From, he's from Seymour, and he worked for Ohio Valley. He was their trainer. He used to do stuff with Vibber. Yeah, and then and then so um, I grew up. He grew up in the same town. And at that time, he was always looked down upon by other people, like, oh, he's a wrestler. And I was like, dude, you're a wrestler. So we used to go work out, and then he would be there, and I would just ask him questions all the time. And he'd be at the park, and he would be like, you know, Vince McMahon would call him and stuff and ask him about certain wrestlers and all these other things. And I was just so enamored. But I've been, life, I still watch it to this day, and I'm, I've been watching it ever since WrestleMania 3. Oh, yeah. And Me too. So I, I'm a huge, what they call Mark. I guess that's the term for wrestling, certain wrestling fans. Yeah, we, we had a character called, because uh, eventually we figured out that, like, okay, we can't go wrestling, but we do know comedy. Like, we do, we trust what we know about comedy, so we'll be the comedic wrestling podcast. And we developed a quick following just because I think we were an alternative to the other wrestling podcasts. We didn't take it serious. We did, like, uh, we had a character, Mark Smart. So every time, like, Brent would do his character, he'd be like, I was reading in the dirt seats that uh, <laughs> Duff Diggler is going to be getting. Like, and then we had, uh, I would do a Vince McMahon character who uh, had the HIV, had HIV. Oh, shit. And so he's just always talking about, ah, lick these grapefruits. <laughs> these heaven-infested grapefruits. We had, remember, uh, do the Urkel? Yeah. We came up with a Vince McMahon HIV style, ur- do the Urkel. So everybody do the HIV. <laughs> That's great. uh, We had like uh, when there was an episode of Raw, and I remember this, where like Mick 
Foley was the general manager, and Stephanie McMahon was like, you better find The Undertaker. So we did a Rob Schneider-style movie trailer for uh, Mick Foley was the general manager overall. Until one day, and then it's like, you know, like the the crash is like Stephanie McMahon's like, you better find The Undertaker. So we go, Mick Foley in Hunting Taker. (laughs) And we started doing these little skits uh, when Hulk Hogan had the Gawker trial. Uh, And I I got so lucky. I found the live stream and I got audio of him saying, I do not have a 10 inch penis. No, I do not. (laughs) On a stand in a court of law. And we probably played that for an hour and a half straight one episode. And it's and that and that and that's where I grew up watching it and I still have my toys. Like one of my toys that's up there is actually Jim Cornette. Oh uh, nice. I I I have I went I went to flea market in Bargersville, south of here, and some Hispanic fellow had these wrestling edition series two, the real big thick like if you hit somebody with it it'll kill you, plastic ones. Yeah. So I bought it for twenty bucks. And so how it. how lame is it to tell you that my favorite wrestlers were the Hardy Boys? Uh, that's right in your wheelhouse because your age. <laughs> but, yeah. the, but the Hardy Boys, you got to think about what they did with 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 Edge and Christian and what they did with the uh, tables, ladders, and chairs. Oh, and the flipping and the like the swan dive thing. Yeah. Honestly, swan. what they did with brother nero and broken matt hardy is one of the greatest that final deletion is one of the greatest things when I've he ever was watched. A, because jeff was a huge megastar matt was always just his brother and matt was able to flip it and end up becoming when he did those videos on his ranch with his father-in-law and with his baby and then it was just amazing and then when he came back to wwe when they when they came out wrestlemania for the the tag team ladder match oh, was huge. lost my shit because we love nostalgia as people right you know, anytime you see something like we're talking about Clueless, which is nostalgia. So, mm-hmm. um, and I met a lot of them. And then one of the guys who does a podcast, Conrad Thompson, the one involved in Starcast and all the other stuff, he does a Bruce Pritchard podcast. He does. Oh Coach yeah, 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 yeah. Right before they made it big, we were talking back and forth. He was going to come on our show. He's like, "Hey, I can't. My lady friend is coming over." And I was like, "Hey, man, maybe next time." His lady friend happens to be Ric Flair's daughter, so I don't feel so bad that he put us off to hang out with Ric Flair's daughter. So, so that's my little. I still have it in my uh, messages or whatever because I knew it was going to take off big because Bruce Pritchard, who worked hand in hand with Vincent McMahon, he does some of the best impressions of all the wrestlers, and he tells behind the scenes. I love behind the scenes stories, so that's me why. Me too. And that's where um, I don't know. Well, people love behind the scenes stuff. Period. Like that's why those uh, documentaries about concerts and tours are so popular. Oh just yeah, because, I love them. Yeah, people love watching artists kind of in between and and the the process. Especially, I think if you are someone who's in a creative field, like that, that's the kind of stuff that will actually like. If I need inspiration because I'm been lazy or I need some sort of motivation, I'll watch something like that. I do well, the not same even thing. comedy related. It could be well, a band. And that's the same thing with like doing this show or whatever. Like I'll go through and then I'll watch um like behind the music was everybody's favorite thing, right? Mm-hmm. But the other thing was like Scott Storch or whatever, he went through some he used to be a music producer that did um chronic Dre's chronic album all those beats he's the one that did it on piano and you and there's a youtube series where scott scorch comes back and he shows he's playing all the old things off piano and how he would take it from there and take it into the studio and you're like holy shit and the guy who did our in our music for this repo records one of our sponsors like i went to his studio and we're like hey we want blah 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 and he's got a guitar start doing this riff and they pulled out a different guitar then he got on the beat pad and you're just like holy shit i can sit there and watch him for hours doing that that's bad because i can't do it but like watching him do it 
and then he doesn't when people don't do it in an arrogant way it's even better but some people do it in an arrogant way but he did it it's just amazing because i can't play guitar i can't play um any instrument really i mean you're doing this is way this is just as cool as playing guitar to me i think well you don't get as many girls though yeah we, well we do have the casting couch though <laughs> Oh shit! It does look like a fucking. And then we got camera here. They're not on the night. They're not on the night. But we got camera here, there, here, and then up there. I have to tell you a great story. Fire away! <laughs> oh my god! I was trying to work this out into a, a bit on stage, um, but it's it's a very harsh sounding joke for most crowds. But it's a hundred percent true. So few years ago, actually now at this point, probably five six years ago, uh, right before I met the last girl I dated. So this is like let's see, I met her. The summer LeBron left Miami, which was my first warning sign. Uh, so 2015. So like 2014, that area. I met this girl on Tinder who was just unbelievably gorgeous. The, like so good looking that you expect her to ask you to like subscribe to her webcam. Right. Or you expect her to give you these automated responses. That or the first message is, just, hey, baby. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Or hey there with a winky face. Yeah. But it's not even a real emoji. Want to see me live? Yeah. So, But she was a real person. <laughs> And uh, we just messaged back and forth for a few weeks. And one night I was coming back from a show and my daughter was staying uh, with like at a friend's house or a family's house or something. And so I hit her up as I was, or she hit me up as I was driving home, like two in the morning, asked me what I was doing. I told her I was driving home. I was like 10 minutes away from her. So she asked me if I wanted to come pick her up. Of course. I'm like, yeah. So I pick her up. It's night goes exactly how you think. Incredible. Wonderful night, right? The next morning... I take her back home, and uh, I'm like, yeah, text me or whatever. I never heard from her again. <laughs> wow. And I realized Whoa. that, like, I was her rock bottom. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> Which is not something that's easy to accept, okay? Like, that is not a that is not a fun thing. And, like, she woke up that morning and was looked around and was like, oh, fuck, I got to make some changes in my life. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't, like, see her for two years. Three years, actually. No, longer than that. I guess now that I th really think about it, I probably should do more fact-checking before I write it as a joke. Uh, 2014, so four years. Four years later, because it was last year, I saw her again. Oh. Online. Oh. On YouPorn. Oh, oh, shit. On the backroom casting couch. Oh, oh man. And I will say this, for one, she's much better live. <laughs> uh, gets a little camera shy, and uh, when the second that that end of that video went split screen... I felt good knowing I was no longer her rock bottom. God damn. <laughs> I couldn't imagine seeing someone I know like just scrolling through some porn and there's fucking Stephanie from four years ago Dude, or whatever. And it was weird because it's like one of those suggested for you. And yeah. I was like, that's some in-depth shit there, you porn. Like, you've done your homework. You really did some digging Tip on this. my cap. <laughs> oh, I couldn't even imagine. I mean, the worst thing that worst thing I ever knew was like my stepmom was really an ex-hooker from Ohio. Oh wow! Like that was real. You like, said stepmom, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Stepmom. So, <laughs> and then we were talking before the show. We were talking about. I was like, "Man, do you wish you, you know, still had CBs?" And and I was like, "I never had a CB." And I was like, "Shit, I forgot. My dad was a truck driver. He took me to meet her while still married to my mom. This is this classic guy move. Hey, son, you want to sit in my lap and drive the semi? Yeah, awesome. Here's the CB. I'm talking. Whatever. Was she a lot lizard? Uh, yes. Yes. No, she was not. She actually worked behind the counter. 
So oh. she would nail you after she got off her shift. So nice. she really had two jobs. Like she was hardworking. Nice. She wasn't one of those lazy ones to walk around outside. Yeah. You know? like, geez, do something else. Besides well, walk she, around. Like. So they took, he took me, this is Ohio. This is why I hate Ohio. And then, so we get there and then, um, and so I'm outside with like her kids or her daughter and like he's like you want to drive the lawnmower i'm like fuck yeah dad i'm seven years old i'll fucking go mow the grass white goes off and bangs her in the woods <laughs> but here's the problem is you know i didn't know bro code at seven so when i got back home i was like mom i got to drive the tractor semi she's like oh, i'm so glad he had a great time with the dad yeah and we went to this lady's house she let me drive a tractor they got mcdonald's she's like she goes lady's house i was like yeah it's lady's house he's just like who was it like i don't know but i got to drive the tractor mom boy go in the other room all right I'm pretty sure I broke up the marriage. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I maybe I'm crushing dreams. I hope I'm not. That I don't think is considered typical guy behavior. Like, that is not a cliche of the dad who just takes his kid to go fuck the whore and feeds a McDonald's. Like, here, have some nuggets. You know when your dad's fucking in the woods while you're on the lawnmower? Like, you know that classic story? <laughs> it's another Tuesday for me. <laughs> and, then, and then that's where I I'm, I'm think I've made it because I'm not on drugs. I don't drink. You know, I don't do anything. Oh, no, you have an amazing house. And then uh, I had every it's reason. It's not his house. It's not mine. <laughs> I oh, that's right. <laughs> the dude downstairs. Oh, shit. And they already sent him mail with the wrong name on it. <laughs> we are just in. We are disrespecting him. He, uh, and then I'm just glad because I had every right to turn out to be like addicted to drugs. Like I had every reason because of my childhood. And I was like, nah, I really don't want to do that. Because, you know, everybody blames everything on their childhood. And yeah, I just, I think. I do. I thought everything was funny. It's easy. It's real easy. Like I just told that story. Most Super people, convenient. most people tell that story in therapy and be crying. I'm like, dude, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I'm kind of the same way. I've never been like, I've never been a huge like proponent that the people that I am blood related to, I have to, that has to be the closest people to me in my life. Like I have a very disconnected relationship with one half of my family and then the other half it's like seven people. It's like my brother, my sisters, and a few cousins, uh, and like a grandfather. And, and then on the other side, it's like an uncle and a few, really more just a few cousins. But like my family, I consider is like the people that, like my friends, the people that I keep in my life constantly that support me, that help. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the people that are truly there. So, so they switch roles. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I honestly, I don't even do like the family thing anymore. We didn't go to Christmas or yeah. Thanksgiving I'm this kind, year. I'm kind of the same way. Me and my mom are super tight. And me and my dad are super tight, which I mean, they, that may not be the case for you, but I'm just saying me and my mom and my dad are super tight. But then the rest of the family, I don't go to any kind of family things yeah, or anything. I, just, I moved away. I'm from Seymour, so it's about an hour south here. I moved away in 2002, so I didn't have to go to any of that. Yeah. And then my dad just passed December 2nd, right? And so I got Thanks my, for bringing him up. But but this is why, though, because I moved my mom up here now with me. So she lives with me. <laughs> so I, have, I do not have to go down here anymore. Good. Smart man. Yes, and now like, dude, it's great. She's playing grandma. Like the other day, she made fifty cookies. I'm like, what? What are you doing? She's like, I don't know. I got nothing to do. You want some cookies? And then he she, said he had ribs and mac and cheese. Ribs, mac and <laughs> cheese. Oh, then she made hamburgers. Then she made hot dogs. Is uh, she the black grandmother from Soul Food? <laughs> and then and then we've ate dinner more at the table now that she's moved in with us. And my mom goes, she's like, do you want me to get a job? And I'm like, mom, you don't have to get a job. I'm like, well, we take care of the bills. Don't worry keep about making it. me ribs and she's mac like, and cheese. She's like, all right, well, I'm going to make sure the kids are picked up from uh, practice and stuff. And then uh, where's your laundry at? Uh, where, and I'm just like. Hell yeah. 
Oh my god, this is great. We're like, I'm 12 again. I know. But I get to have sex. I know. But the only <laughs> weird part was, it's like when she's like, Where, where's your clothes at in the bedroom? And she's like, well, I don't want to go in your bedroom. And I was like, why don't you want to go to the bedroom? She's like, she calls me Brian, because obviously she goes, Brian, I don't, I don't know if I really want to be going in your bedroom. I was like, why, mom? She's like, it's your bedroom. I was like, mom, we've been married 20 years. There's no fucking going on. <laughs> like, you can just walk right anytime you want. There you go. You're going to regret that statement well, there's, so bad. Well, there's a funny story to this, though. When when me and my wife first got together, before we got married, we lived with my parents. We lived in a, a split house. It was an old office. They split into two houses, kind of. But we used my wife's um, dining room table. I came home one day, and my mom was in one of these funny moods. I'm going to bust BJ's balls. She was just like, I, I'm so glad that you knocked or something. You know, me and your dad could have been doing this. And he's on his lunch break going, Diane, stop. She just kept busting my balls. She's like, you know what? Just because I'm old doesn't mean I don't like to get down. You oh never know what blah, blah, blah. I said, Mom, please stop. I want to say something that's going to really bother you. And then she just keeps running her mouth. And I was like, Mom, that's funny. This table, I had sex on the other night. <laughs> and then my my pops dropped a sandwich and just went back to work. Didn't ever said a word. Didn't even say bye. Just grabbed the smokes. Like, here, in. I've got the backroom casting couch video to prove it. It's a smart man. Yeah, because he was this. It was just funny because when now you're in the, the only thing I was talking about earlier, I wish I was stupid because my mom, everything that's wrong with her technology now, I inherited this oh, yeah. now. She's called it instead of Bluetooth. She called it blue teeth. She's like, my blue. blue can you get? Where's that blue teeth thing at? I was like, Mom, what's wrong with your teeth? My dad asked me what his email address is. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, you see what's wrong with this, right? She actually, she, my uncle gave her a van and a very nice caravan, and she said, um, "Can I put it in your name?" And I'm like, "Why?" She's like, "I, I don't know what to do." And I'm like, "Mom, just go to the license branch." title it and you're good you don't you know you got it for free so you don't have to pay any 20 dollars. she didn't want to do it so now i have a van that's in my name on my insurance that i have no desire to have nice just because she just like i don't know what to do your dad always did this stuff i don't want to deal with you never it. know when a, a caravan might come in I'm just, look at me do you think i care what i drive yes oh, okay <laughs> you, what kind of van is it it's a dodge caravan 08 oh, so is that like the long I like the pedophile van. No, no, this okay. this is like it's, it's the not uh, an Astro van, dude. Astro vans were so popular when I was in high school yes. for some reason. I got my first hand job in one. Oh, nice! On the way back from Florida. Sweet. My buddy had uh, when I was a, a senior in high school. One of our friends had the van with like the uh, the cat, like the couch that laid into the bed. Yes. Oh yeah. And I I remember as my senior year, I was getting head from a girl, and one of my other buddies, complete. Cock block uh, comes out. It's like, not a buddy then. Comes out, opens the door, knowing we were in there, and then it's just like and ran away like Kermit the Frog, <laughs> exiting out with his arms thin. <laughs> hey there! I actually, um, I was at a bowling alley, and then she was driving her dad's work Astro van, and that's the first time I got dry humped and didn't understand <laughs> what was going on. You got I. You didn't do the dry humping. She was no, I did, but I was uh, after, but. I'm so neurotic, and I'm like, what What the fuck's the point of this? Answer as yourself as a teenager and now, are you pro or uh, or uh, con dry hopping? Like, I'm, I'm con. Yeah, I don't do it now. Well, I Okay, could, when you were a teenager. It was like my favorite thing when I was a teenager. See, I didn't even like it then. 
No, no, because, no, I walked downstairs from my girlfriend's into the living room where her parents were with a fucking giant stain on my pants like 40 times. just cream jeans. Yeah, dude. I'm like, I got to get out of here. She's well, like, why? And I'm like, big, what do you mean, why? The By the way. pearl mess. Yeah. Another uh, catchphrase from WrestleMania. Cream your jeans. <laughs> cream your jeans. <laughs> yeah, cream jeans. We actually had, we're going to come out with t-shirts. Cream jeans. Cream denim jeans. Coming. Coming. I, uh. No, I just remember, like, I was in the back of a, like, 80s Camaro with this girl from another town, and then all she wanted to do was dry hump, and then I ended up getting rug burn, because in the back oh, of Camaro's yeah, had carpet, Oh, and I, I got a rug burn. I thought you meant on your penis, I got that's rug- happened to me, too. No, I got it on my penis, and I was like, we're done. Like, we're done. Now, to tell the funny- So, hold on. The, the carpet from the vehicle gave you rug burn on yeah, your penis? Yes. How? Yeah. Because it was in the middle of- Wait, was it out? Yes. Yes, I, I don't to- think you understand what dry humping is. <laughs> no, no, I'm picturing you humping the carpet of the car. <laughs> the the <laughs> gun has to be, you know, saddle or uh, holstered. But here's the thing: was because she went going, but she went from giving head to doing. Oh, she, that's backwards. She kept going back and forth. She went to second base, back to first. Yes. Well, anyway, so then she's yeah, yeah. which big up your mind. <laughs> learn the learn the bases. So we all had this one crazy friend in school. I had him, so we would meet these girls, go on to cornfield. She was doing something to me. I do the old lean back, you know, the classic. And then I hear this knocking on the side of the window of the car. And I'm like, God, just, I, I'm going to ignore him. Just going to ignore him. And then I couldn't. I looked. And he's having sex with her friend anally. And waving, waving, doing play by play. Dang, dude, you got the wrong friend. They're over there doing anal, and you're you're fucking the carpet. Of the if car. you if you saw what she looked like, you wouldn't uh, have done okay. it. And then afterwards, she proceeded to do oral to him. And then he he's he's knocking on the window, going, "She's so fucking disgusting. Look what she's doing." Oh, so her friend in the car is done. She shuts me down. She's like, you need to leave. How does she have more respect than the girl doing that <laughs> shit? How is she like, you know what? He should not be talking about her like that way. And the other is like, oh, yeah, fuck it. You know, get some, gotta get some dick. I was just like, how's this my fault? She's letting him do that. She's like, well, you just need to get out of the car. And I'm like, Jeez. okay. So they left us out in the cornfield. We had to walk like five miles before cell phones, five miles back to town. Jesus. I'd have been so mad. Was it worth it? I'm still was confused. Was it, was it funny? Was it funny I'm enough? I'm still confused by the order at which this stuff happened and what you were Dude, str- like think about it rubbing on. All right. Think about it. Even to this day, if a girl starts doing something to you, there's time at times in your head, you're just like, all right, I'm just going to go with whatever she does, whatever she does. And then during the middle of it, you're like, maybe I shouldn't do this, but you don't want to upset them because you don't know the next time you're going to get it. Not me. I teach. <laughs> you reach, I teach. Just, I'm like Jordan. Just the rubbing thing, man. I don't know. No, it's not like I was fucking a couch cushion hitting a fucking Cheeto in my dick or something. <laughs> That's a true story. They're sharp, man. Yeah. One of my buddies like, yeah, he, you know, like in the locker room at school, I'll get around and then he was like, man, so give her fuck the couch cushion. I was like, uh, no, I have not. <laughs> He's like, well, I did the other night. And I'm like, okay. What? <laughs> I'm like, okay. And he goes, but you got to be aware, man. There's like a Cheeto down there and a guy in my, my urethra. And I'm like okay he said urethra yeah well he, he was a science major oh okay that makes so, sense. so but yeah he got the cheeto nicked his fucking dick hole uh, i don't think i would ever be friends with someone after they started a conversation with you ever fucked a couch <laughs> well he was a weird dude anyways because i would spend a night at his house and he had a big house bigger than this right and he had a finished basement the rooms were back in the back so <laughs> he finished in that basement. yeah hour. i'd always go sleep i'd always go sleep out there because he had a tv 
and then I would not be able to stay the night at his house because where uh, are you going to sleep? Yeah. Well, this before you I can have the couch. You this, know what? You guys know what a pallet is? I'm not be sleeping with your girlfriend. Well, this is before he told the Cheeto story. Oh, okay. So, and his sister, he had a very attractive sister. She's a great younger than us, so I'd always oh, go yeah. sleep out there just in case she walked down in the middle of the night, didn't know what she was wearing, whatever. <laughs> But he always like, hey, man, you come back here to sleep back here. And I'm like, no, nah, man, you have a full couch out here. I'm good. Like, we'll sleep out here on the couch. No, you can come back here if you want. And I'm like, no, I am not. Like, it got to the point where it got a little heated. And I'm like, I'm not going back there. And then he's a straight, he's straight dude. He's married. He's a bodybuilder now, whatever. Dude, you were sleeping on his side chick. <laughs> that's that's Stacy. <laughs> but now I just think I thought of that though. Now we brought the story up, like maybe he's pissed because I was just sleeping on the couch. Yeah, and you know, one of your hands in the middle of the night slipped down in that little fucking crease and was feeling, you know, yeah. grabbed the Just cheat like up. be careful where you he reach that over there. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I'd be sitting like this. Ignorance is bliss. I'm not. I'm not even gonna think about it. <laughs> so it, it, it's pretty consistent though because I have 15, 14 year old boys. Thank God it wasn't a Dorito. <laughs> yeah. He just cut the tail. He would have been circumcised. <laughs> what if it was like a fucking thunion and just fit right on there? Oh, and all shit. <laughs> That's pretty funny. brave, though, to be. Well, if you've ever watched Nip Tuck, you remember that old show? I remember, but I never seen it. Well, yeah, there's I a scene it. on there where he fucks a couch on there, too. Don't remember that, but yes. I, I remember the show. There's a new doctor comes in. I look it up on YouTube, but yeah, like he he takes off all his clothes, clothes and folds them, <laughs> smells the couch, and then proceeds to hump. And the other two doctors walk in, and go, "Whoa, what are we doing here? You're fired." Yeah, dude. There's people that have sex with their cars. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw a that. Guy did, yeah, got just arrested for that. Yeah, it is unreal. I mean, because men will try almost anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you should. The car was hot. Farm. <laughs> <laughs> the car was hot. Farm got- animals. Uh, I mean, the guy went to go fuck the car, but he brought his son and he told, gave his son to McDonald's. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to go take this car to test drive. <laughs> so your daughter's four. Yeah. And your, your daughter's 11. 11. Oh, you're almost there. They're 15 and 14 year old boys. They both have six pack abs, attractive boys. And I, I was like, you know, I'm going to be an open, honest dad, right? I'm like, Hey, whatever you guys ever want to know, let me know. Any question, worst mistake ever. Because the other day, my son asked me if I knew what a Blumpkin was. And he already knew the answer because they have smartphones. Yeah. He wanted to test old dad's knowledge. Oh, they're way smarter than us. Yes. Urban Dictionary. And then he also said, if you know what it is, have you also got one? Well, now I'm interested. Have you? (laughs) I said, no. I'm going to tag him in this podcast. (laughs) Because I I was waiting for him to be like, say something like, and I was like, no, son. First of all, I would never do that. And you should never be with some girl that would ever allow you to do it except for that one night and you never speak to her again. That's all you think I could think of. He's like, well, why? I'm like, any person that's willing to do that's a whore. And then come to find out, he really didn't know what it was. Oh. So he thought it was like a blowjob on a hayride because Blumpkin with Pumpkin. He thought, oh. It's not, it's not a bad, it's not a bad uh, transition there. Yeah, so I think that he might have got head on a hayride and just called his girlfriend a whore. <laughs> yeah, that's mayor's material, and you're telling her to get rid of her. No, it just sucks because remember when we were kids, like if somebody would tell you something, you would believe it. Oh, yeah. Because you can't look it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Somebody at school told me I had rabies, and I thought I had rabies. My mom had to take me to the library and look up rabies in the dictionary. Someone told me I had, someone told me I had to hive. Oh, Hold yeah. on, like... So your mom was certain you didn't have rabies? Because that seems like a long way to go if you're just gambling. Yeah, dude, I was growling and fucking foam coming out. I mean, of you my mouth. Go to the emergency room and let them tell you. 
Like, yeah. no, hey. she's having you look it up. Hey, I had a single mom. We didn't have money for that hey, kind of hey, shit. We hey. went to the local library where everything's fucking free. Hey, a late book fee's cheaper than the ER. Hey, you I, yeah, you only I, needed the R for Robotessa. I, I went in there, looked up rabies, got a Celine Dion CD on the way out, rented it. Got a copy what? of Weekend at Bernie's too. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Awful sequel. <clears throat> didn't get any books. Oh. Didn't get any books. While uh, I, was there. I disagree. Ah, uh, then we're gonna. He's gonna. You're gonna have to be on the movie. Give one. me any movie where a dead guy can only come to life to Caribbean drum music, or any, and lead you to treasure, or yeah. any movie where the main main character is a dead guy. Yeah. That, by the way, so my daughter uh, Swiss so, Swiss Army Knife. Have you seen that movie? Or was it Swiss? When uh, Daniel Radcliffe is a dead body, and he re- he comes up on the shore, and then he uses a, uses him as like everything he does is like a he's like a jet ski. He's like a he uses his body to get off the island. I have not seen that. Yeah, his body good. becomes a jet ski. Well, he like he's on the back of him, and he like it's a fucked up crazy movie. He's but on the back of what? It's Daniel Radcliffe. He's on the back of Daniel Radcliffe. Yes, Daniel Radcliffe is the Swiss Army knife. I have a feeling like you you fucked around with some drugs. I think it's called and Swiss, created a movie. I, I think it's called Swiss Army Man. And I'm, I'm looking it up right now. It you, sounds like a '90s Pauly Shore comedy. No, it's actually a, a, a relatively recent movie, and the first thing that happens is he gets on the back of him and he's farting and it's making him go. It's actually like a serious movie though. I don't know how it's to explain really, You're contradicting yourself so know. much. I don't know how to explain It's right it. here. It's called Swiss Army Man 2016 it's Rated R. It's a serious R. movie where he rides the back of Daniel Radcliffe who farts to <laughs> yes. get to, to move as so a jet I ski. I saw him in Harry Potter and the next thing you know, he's riding him as a jet ski and he's farting. And he uses him to get water. He like hits him in the stomach and water comes out Dude, of his Dude, it mouth. has a high rating. I'm it's telling like you. Of course, it's 10. artistic. It's yeah. actually a good movie. It's weird as fuck, but it's good. I'm in on weird. I, and, and come on. I had to explain that to you. How the fuck do you explain no, that? No, I kind of definitely want to go watch this movie right now. <laughs> it's called a uh, a hopeless man stranded on a desert island befriends a dead body. Together they go on a surreal journey to get home. Oh shit! It's like, <laughs> it's like weekend at Bernie's Beach uh, alive. And I didn't know, like I did, I haven't watched the end, so I don't know if like the the guy, the main guy, is just crazy because he's been on the island and he's hungry and like he's starving and shit. I'd say I'd vote yeah. I don't know, but he 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 talks about that, so he, I don't think it would be that simple. I don't know, man. Farting dead bodies. <laughs> Propelling you through the waters. I mean, there was sign. no way I was going to explain that well, but that's that's the best I got. You're going to have to watch it and find out for yourself. I'm gonna, I'm going to just. What's it? What rating did it get? Seven out of ten. <laughs> that's not bad for. What's that? its Rotten Tomato score? Ah, uh, fuck Rotten Tomatoes. That's, they're own, they're yeah, owned by yeah, some Viacom mega com, Viacom now, so they're all <laughs> slanted. No, you can't get an accurate Tomatoes review anymore. Yeah, when I saw that high one for Aquaman, I was like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I don't know. The be- here's my here's my review of Aquaman. They did an amazing job of capturing the feeling of two and a half hours underwater. <laughs> That's you know what that is. That's three million girls going to see Jason Momoa. No, one hundred percent. I have seen it. I, I I just I just because I've watched every DC movie, love DC movies, but I just had a feeling I'm going to go into that and I'm going to be like, this is the one you guys fucking like. I know. And no. another thing is, out of all those fucking movies they came out with, Aquaman was the best one. Fucking Batman can't keep Batman. Superman kind of died off a little bit. They're gonna. I went and saw that on a date when I was in. Uh, I mean, not really a date. Just a girl I met on Tinder, and I was like, "Hey, want to go see a movie?" And uh, I think where the hell was I? Kansas City, maybe. I don't know somewhere. And anyway, so we. I never do this. 
I usually ride out any movie or whatever, but we got to the scene with like he gets like stabbed with a spear, but then he comes back and like Spoiler it's alert. hour and a half. Oh come on, it's been out for a while. <laughs> it's an hour and a half, I think, at least into it. And I just look at her and I'm like, I never do this, but do you want to go? And she's like, I, I don't like it either, but I can't leave. And I just go, I'm going to remind you, he just came back to life, but he still has a war to fight. <laughs> <laughs> so keep that in mind. A and I went war. out, I sat, I sat outside, smoked cigarettes, and walked around. It was another hour before oh she came God. out. And she was just like, you were right. Is there, um, you I, left your date in there? Yeah. <laughs> She's fine. <laughs> the date was. Like, I met her four hours before that. You could, I was waiting on her outside the theater. I, I know, like, but leave. you couldn't even stick it out, sit in the seat, and watch. Well, did the you did, no. did you pay for the the ticket? I did. Then uh, fuck it, whatever. It she got it for free. I'm a gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> she drove. But and that's the whole point, you know. They. Uh, you probably don't drive a lot on dates, do you? Because you do it for a living. Uh, it depends. Uh, on who the date is with. Do you ever just like take a girl that you're Ubering and be like, hey, we're going on a date? That's like, probably called that's kidnapping. kidnapping. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty illegal. Okay. <laughs> they frown upon that. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. yeah, he wants to keep his rating up. Oh, you, wait, what's your location? Yeah. <laughs> do you have people? Red roof in. Uh, I'm sure you get this all the time, and it's probably stupid of me to ask, but do you get people that fuck with you and like try to like fight you and stuff? Uh, I had. So really just like one instance, it was recent too, it was like within the past week. Uh, I So I had a person that I was supposed to pick up at the Red Garter strip club uh, in Indianapolis and they weren't there. So I like dismissed that ride and all of a sudden they start coming in hot, right? Because mm. it's like right around closing time for the bars. And so I'm kind of picking and choosing because I'm like, that's not a surge, fuck them. That's not a surge, fuck them. And then... uh these lady opens my door and she's like, are you an Uber? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, will you take cash? I was like, sure. And she's like, how many people can you take? And I was like, no more than four. So she gets in the back. Two guys get in the back. A big guy gets in the front and then they're calling for another really big guy. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, we can't take him. Like I told you guys four is the max. And she's like, no, I'll just sit on his lap. And she's like putting her fucking heels all through like all in the leather and like kicking the seats. And I'm like, no, guys, like four people, that's it. And they all had like either an open beer or oh, open something else. And I'm like, I'm the one that gets fucking and, you know, gets shit if that if we get pulled over for that. And we're downtown Indy on a Saturday night. So I was like, guys, you can't have the alcohol in here either. To his credit, the guy in the passenger seat's funniest human being ever. Because he just put it in between his legs and like tried to hide it. I'm like, no, dude, I'm the teacher in this situation. Like, you're not, I see that. And I'm like, dude, you guys got to get rid of the alcohol and I can only have four people. And then this one guy goes, but not for 20 bucks, right? <laughs> 20 bucks. <laughs> wow. And I was just, I, I don't know, I, I considered doing it. But then I was like, uh, like 20 bucks is even a lot of money. No, yeah. And I was just like, you know, but I mean, if you looked at my car and me, you'd probably be like, yeah, 20 bucks, he'll do it. <laughs> but I was just like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. You know what? Maybe we should just not do this. Uh, I'm gonna, I appreciate the offer, guys, but I'm going to pass. I go, I, this is too much for me. <laughs> and this girl goes, thanks for nothing, kicks the door open and like, uh, like gets out. The dude that she was sitting on starts punching the back of like my headrest. And so I like kind of jumped out of the car. And then, like, they get out on the other side. So I got back in, 
and then they were like punching the one of the windows not hard but like kind of just like with their palms yeah uh and then one dude was kicking the back of the car jeez yeah let's well, i mean all things considered that's by i mean if that's like the worst that's happened then that's yeah, that's, that's not bad at the all worst. most yeah. people don't mess i mean i am i am i'm a pussy and i am not a fighter and yeah. every fight i've been in while i can hold my own I can get my ass kicked for a while. Yeah, I can take a, a beating. I'm not. I'm not gonna beat anyone's ass, but I'm still six foot one, almost two hundred pounds, so I can yeah. look somewhat like I can, you know, take care of myself. So I think a lot of people don't really. It's got me. Fuck with it's me. got me really far in life, looking like I do. Yeah, because oh. I know if something really happens, I'm like, I'm out of shape. I smoke. I got sixty seconds of good air, and that's oh, I'm fucked. I pray for that. I'm like, I just pray for that. Did that old man strength kick in yet? Yeah. <laughs> I'm 36. When do we get that shit? I want to know. Like, that happened. And that's a real fucking thing too. Well, it is because I like uh we talked about it a couple of shows ago like when that dude did something to my son and then all of a sudden like yeah you, you gotta explain a little bit of that you can't just be saying dudes did stuff to your son well because it, we especially to, with the way this show's gone <laughs> yeah well what happened was somebody my son it's spent, not a blub kid situation my son spent the night at someone's house and then they they made him leave and it was like it was a sleeting on a saturday yeah it was he cold he didn't was have it the parents that took him on a hay ride <laughs> no the, so and this guy and this we've had problems with this house before because a couple so <laughs> couple summers last summer he made everybody leave when the kids were just outside playing basketball at six o'clock at night not nine ten eleven or twelve at night in his own driveway and his name is bob he's a driver he has a kid right he has a kid like that, that they're yeah. going to the house for yeah. uh-huh and then when I later found out why they're going there. And your son's like, man, Bob's son, you're cool, but your dad's a dick. Yeah. So he made him leave. So I go over there because his backpack's still there and his winter coat. My wife kept saying, you need to go get his winter coat. So I called my co-host AP and I'm like, hey, man, can you uh, can you come pick me up? And he's like, dude, it's fucking sleeting outside. It's like, it's one of those failures. I just need you to come with me. And he's like, all right, I'm on my way over. So he knew right away, like, I never asked for anything. Neither does he. Possied up. So he picked me up. Well, I just want to make sure, because he has more money, I think, so he can bail me out. (laughs) And and he's, like, scrappy looking. And plus, he had his 1911 on him, too. Oh, that works, usually. I don't have a gun, because I shouldn't have a gun, because I'm mildly retarded. (laughs) And um, so we drive over there, knocking door, like, hey, I'm Colin's father. I'm here to get his backpack and jacket. Hey, what happened, sir? If he did anything, I want to apologize. If he disrespect your house, that's how I started. That's pr- if I if I did that to you, you'd be like, oh, well, he did X, Y, and Get Z. the fuck off my property! That's what basically what he did. Oh, and he God. goes, and he just say, I don't like your kid. He's like, your son's a punk. And I'm like, no, no, no. I get what you're saying, but what did he do? How can I correct the situation if you're? That's what I'm gonna say. Well, he's a punk. And I go, he's fucking 13. You kicked him out in the snow. Well, first of all, of course he is. He's every 13 fucking, year old boy, yeah, every 13 exactly. year old boy is a punk. Yeah. Well, and I think because they were all over there smoking cigars and stuff, and I think when it come down to it, they're like, well, Colin brought him. Uh, which my son's not innocent trust me i found cigars in his house all those other fucking kids are narcs well anyways so he kept he brought me the wrong backpack and i was like that's the wrong backpack ap's in the driveway kind of like leaning out of his car a little bit with the window down like well first of all first of all the fuck is ap doing in the car well he said he'd go handle this by no i told him i told him to stay in the car the only reason that i had him there was like that way if the guy pulled a gun he was gonna be like wax he he had his gun (laughs) from menace to society hey homie you need some help yep (laughs) yep 
So, and then I started losing my shit and I felt something I hadn't felt in a long time, like maybe energy, you know, cause, yeah. and, but I'm Adrenaline. sitting, I'm sitting on the, I'm standing on the porch that's made, it's ice and slippery and I'm like, fuck, I can't even barely move on this thing. So I started thinking about all these things, but I'm mother effing him for at least a good three minutes and he says not a word. Nothing back. Like, hey, get off my lawn. Fuck you. Oh, Bob, nothing. He just Bob's sit, a bitch. Bob's a bitch. Bob sit there, and, and then once I start seeing he's a bitch, I just start ramping oh, yeah. up what I was saying. Oh, that's a good feeling. And that was just I've like, yeah. a time or two when, when you're you, like going on instinct, and you're like, hope this works out, and then you fit, and then they're not gonna do shit, <laughs> Dude, and then you're like, and then you like amp it up even it's more, like bluffing in poker. <laughs> I told him I said, I raise. I, I, I said, we all know you're fucking drunk, Bob. That's probably why your kid wishes you don't fucking wake up in the morning. Just went as hard as I could, and he just was like. And he just shut the door, and I was like, oh, shit, maybe he's going to get a gun. So I stepped back a little bit, and it, 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 he never came back out. He went and cried. He went in his car and sat for two hours. I can't handle this. That's what the kids told me. So, yeah, so Bob's a bitch. If I came to your doorstep talking all that shit, I would be like, uh, get the fuck out of here or do something. He just sat there and just let me berate him until he finally shut the door. Or I'd at least act hard for a minute like, and then close yeah, the door or something. The, door. the next yeah. phrase was like, I was going to say from um, – Roadhouse, I'll be like, I used to fuck guys like you in prison just to see what he was saying. <laughs> I was to the point just throwing the stupid stuff out. And then the next, the next thing from Roadhouse you did was rip his throat <laughs> out of his body. I would lock the doors and then go shut off the lights as if I wasn't home. <laughs> I mean, uh, hello, I'm not here, senor. Because I am not a tough guy. I am not, but I still believe in the old theory. Like, if you fuck my family, then I'm going to have to do something about it. Because yeah. there's, there's two kinds of stupid. This from the movie Hoosiers. If you've ever, we've all Plump seen it. Give me once. Shame <laughs> on me. There's two kinds of stupid, right? There's a guy that goes out in the middle of the woods and howls at the moon at night, right? Mm -hmm. There's another kind of stupid that does it right here. One of them we're going to have to kind of deal with. So I've always lived by that kind of rule that uh, um, it was from the movie Hoosiers when I was a child. Who I can't even say Hoosiers. Isn't there a guy from that team called Plump? Yeah, Bobby Plump met him. So Plumps, Plumpskin. <laughs> yeah, you know my, you know I actually live my life by a rule from Hoosiers as well. Is that's my team. <laughs> Coach, you need one more. No, that's my more. team. That's why I say life everywhere. Any, any life's decision I have to make, that's my first reaction, my first go-to. Like if I get offered a gig, I'm just like, oh, that's my team, and I see how they respond. If they go, what the hell are you talking about? Then I gotta. That sounds like a yes. Game. Uh, I mean, because there's so many great movies. There's very few great movies based out of Indiana, and that's one of them. And then obviously, I think that movie is overrated and garbage. Uh, <laughs> because every coach ended up trying to be like Gene Hackman my whole life growing up playing basketball. There's Gene Hackman character plus Bob Knight. That's how everybody acted in Southern Indiana playing basketball. Dude, I'm gonna Google right now. In fact, could you Google? Yep. Mike Hall, Franklin Community High School. You want to see a motherfucker trying to be Gene Hackman, <laughs> but was just retarded <laughs> franklin ran the same offense i think they did in hoosiers my entire tenure did you say my call yeah my call franklin community so he got all his moves from the movie then well our head coach was dave clark and yeah he he def we definitely had a white offense where like we had two plays <laughs> two plays it's one was called doubles which is just a double screen the other was called regular. <laughs> regular. We had regular the Wonder Teams kept beating our ass. Like who could figure out whether it's regular or doubles? Oh, is the power forward next to the center? That's doubles. <laughs> Am I right on right there? Is one of those him? Go to Frank. Wait, go to Franklin Community High School. Try to put high school at the end of that. 
I think one of those, yeah, those maybe the track pictures too, actually. That might work. Those of you at home, this is great radio. <laughs> oh, no. We're, you guys just keep talking while I keep doing this. Yeah, here, you go. here, we, here we go. Yeah, go to some of those photos. I want to uh, go to like the first ones there, those track, because I think he coached track too. Yeah, so, oh, damn, he's got oh, the that- white hair. But he had the complete black slicked over, like, where it's the comb over, but it's only three strands that are combed over. Oh, wow. So it created, like, that spider web. That dude looked and acted. He tried to be Gene Hackman so bad. And it's because people, all, like, everyone in our school would be like, you kind of look like Gene Hackman. I was getting ready to say he kind of does. Yeah. Okay. No, he 100% does. And when it was, wait, that's not him. That's a great know. photo, though. That's Mike Leonard. <laughs> He's happy. It's amazing how much uh, you see yourself. That's the what's his name, Anthony Michael Hall. It's weird what everything just pops up. Uh, well, Mike Hall, very very internet oblivious. <laughs> He's kept himself off the grid. How often do you Google yourself? Uh, I used to, just to see if I had done something dumb when I was drunk that somebody got a video of. Oh shit! Uh, but not as much anymore. I uh, we we did it one time and that was it. I could see there he looked like Coach Brett, who was our coach in high school, and Coach Brett was a bald man and then he was a very angry person. I um I just like I said, my mom had moved up, so we found some old paper clippings and I had actually hit a game winning shot, JV, my very first game ever, JV, my sophomore year, tipped it in. We won the game. We went in the locker room. Everybody was hugging me and celebrating. My my mom and everybody got to watch it. My coach, the varsity coach, walked in. And was like, "What the fuck are you celebrating for? We wouldn't have had you wouldn't have to hit that shot if you would play defense the whole time." And I was just like, <laughs> "Oh, it's like the coach from above the rim." Such a coach move. So I and I just sat there and started tearing up. And then um, and then the next night or whatever, I, I think you know I, I had a pretty good game. He's like, "That's what you do," and I was like, "I don't know what I did different." Like you're an awful coach. It sounds like every comedy booker ever. <laughs> that show was amazing. I want you to do that set every time. You do the same set the next night. What the fuck are you doing up there? <laughs> so all right, we're drawing. What is he? He's smuggling or pregnant? He's got something working. This right there. here. Yeah. Yeah, that is. That That's is probably. It might be a Clospy bag. Or. Could be a lot of cheese. Maybe he's backed up. Why does every Midwest mom look like this? Uh, for real, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's always weird because you always notice these. Looks like your name was Judy. Yeah. <laughs> you say you always notice these and then point it at her boobs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you never want to talk about it because of the way this looks. But you yeah. still, as a dude, you still notice this. Well, you know, the bra comes off. Those are going to her knees. Oh, Judy gets wild after some margaritas. <laughs> she does it. They have like a tiki bar set up in the backyard with like uh, torches. They have the big summer blowout every year. Uh, margaritas on Friday at Angie's List. That's there. right. <laughs> and this guy doesn't even want to be in the picture. Yeah, he's, he's like, he used to touch me in the locker room. He's like, who are these people? He's like, we used to call him Sandusky. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> that looks like him, too. I know. He's like if Gene Hackman and Jerry Sandusky came together in one of those weird that's who That's who the baby is in his belly right there. <laughs> oh, it's just a child. Yeah. A child giving him head. It's a t- child's head right there. Yeah. He's getting a blumpkin. That's right. Just crop out the rest of her. All right, so we're about to wrap up here. So what we're going to do is what we call the shameless plug time. So we want you to go through and go through where are you going to be at, where we can find you, and we'll make sure not you, Shane. We don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, I don't can, got can I anyway. first? Can I first do a, a shameless plug for my FanDuel teams tonight? Yeah. All right. So let's see here. We have uh, we got off to a slow start, but the eight thirty <laughs> game just started forty five minutes ago. We ran with uh, ten quarter lineups. That's uh, two dollars fifty cents. <laughs> 
with a one dollar single entry tournament. I like the single entry tournaments because people can't like just put together eighteen. Like you can get hundred and fifty of those quarter lines. You have to get a perfect lineup. You get a little more slack. So right now we're looking at a top score of two twenty four. They got thirteen quarters remaining. We're at one fifty eight with sixteen. That's garbage. Our two dollar tournament may be our only source of uh, options. So the, the top score two twenty six with thirteen quarters. 190 with 13 quarters. So we're right in the thick. We still got Dennis Smith Jr. for another quarter. We still got Kent Bazemore. Dotson's playing above value. Paul George is hopefully going to hit value. Uh, Windu barely clipping value. Aaron Gordon shit in the bed. <laughs> just taking a just came in and said, you know what? Like, is that Kareem Birch getting uh, above value? Is that uh, Cody Zeller putting up a 30 spot? That looks like a nice spot for me to just take a nice big shit right in your lineup. <laughs> so uh, we're cheering for Dennis Smith Jr., Kim Bazemore, Dotson, Paul George, and uh, – and that that's it for right now. Paul George and Cody Zeller were the only two names from that entire thing that I. This is also there. a first ever on uh, on on our podcast that someone has actually pulled out FanDuel <laughs> ever. Like this, I, I'm obsessed. I no no. That's what made it even funnier. And I've been yelled at by my co-host. So shameless plugs. I'll actually do that. So uh, first thing, WrestleMania. It's still going. Uh, Teryun had to leave the show about a year a year and a half ago. Uh, and we now have a, a nucleus of uh, Anna Samaria. You remember from yep. Gilla, her brother Eric is a pro wrestling fanatic and expert, so he is uh, our lead host now. And then we have Fresh Produce, who's uh, I apologize to whoever produces this show, but the best producer in the game. I got to stick with my boy. And uh, WrestleMania, we have a new episode every week. Uh, you can go back and watch some of our live streams that we were doing uh, for a couple of months. And uh, we have some big stuff coming up. We actually have a, I think it's now available. If you go to our social media, it's our Wupak shirt. Oh, wow. It is Ric Flair with a Tupac style bandana. And this was a saying Terhune and I used to have on the show, which is, uh, my figure foe makes sure all y'all kids don't grow. That's, That's fucking awesome. awesome yeah. So you can get that shirt. Uh, go to our social media. We should have links up now. Sick. And uh, that sounds like a show I definitely want to be on. And yeah, oh, anytime. We have, uh, we always welcome guests. And uh, we we actually interviewed Stone Cold Steve Austin one time. Oh shit! Uh, here, wait till you hear. Tarun and I went for about two months pumping up that we had this huge interview because we had planned this for about six months. Mm -hmm. And so two months out, we we have this huge interview. We're not going to say anything yet because it's not official. So until blah blah blah. Two weeks before we we're going to do it, we're like, we just got the email. It was incredible. Uh, Brent had Brent. Uh, with this whole Facebook post about how Stone Cold was his hero. He had to pull over his car when he got the email that we were going to get the interview and blah, blah, blah. He's like, you know, and unfortunately, I was like, I was on the road, but I couldn't let it, the show pass up the opportunity. So Brent did the interview solo. And I mean, people were fucking hitting us up like, is this real? And we're like, yeah, we didn't, we didn't, not a soul outside of he and I knew the truth. It was a like hour and 45 minute episode. And the interview was the last three minutes and it's just brent talking to a soundboard <laughs> oh shit and nobody knew nobody knew we had over 250 downloads in the first hour oh my god and we got like literally about two hours after the show had dropped both of our phones just started blowing up fuck you you guys are assholes i knew it i son of a bitch i knew it but then i fell for it i hate you you guys are the worst so, damn that's awesome uh but eric's mary fresh produce it is more heavy pro wrestling but we still have a lot of comedy wrestlemania every week 
Uh, we're bringing back the Subjective Comedy Podcast, which is a podcast I started a couple mm. years ago. We had an episode recently from the Red Curb Theater with Matt Holt, um, Will from the Smiley Morning Show, um, Kyle Buck was on that as well, and I believe Austin Fry and uh, Nolan Miller. And then we're going to be doing episodes again coming up. We have uh, Misa Krause, who is Drew uh, Lynch's assistant. Uh, she is beautiful. She is absolutely hysterical. And she has, uh, being his assistant, has given her a lot of interesting and funny things with dealing with comedy clubs and getting his itinerary. So we're going to get like a behind the scenes look at how she would go about setting up a weekend for Drew. Uh, we're also looking to talk to a, a cam model. Uh, we had one, but the timing didn't work out. I want, I'm fascinated by cam models. We know a couple. Do you please recommend because <clears throat> they were supposed to do our show, but it, um, the night they were supposed to do it. it, it I'm didn't. sure if you give them enough tokens, they'll come right on the podcast. Well, I'm thinking about doing that, to be honest. Because no, these no. were actual girls that do it, and then they were supposed to come on, but the timing didn't go out, and then I think they were actually in a relationship on the cam show, oh. and then it kind of broke up, but uh, AP knows. He's had direct contact I with I think Justin, guys. before I was on there, had some on, too. Or My, I'm fascinated because they're competing with the internet yeah which yeah. is free and they're winning yeah. like they're doing it and i am fascinated that to me is like just like snapchat incredible. just like paying yeah. for snapchat like uh riley Steele, who we follow on twitter whatever and our thing with porn stars is we don't say the obvious like so if you see a porn star being naked in like uh, her bathroom or whatever like be like hey is that shower curtain is it the double-sided one and then do you prefer the metal rings or plastic how many blumpkins have you given in that so, room <laughs> but we never say anything like that because all the comments are like somebody we say something about their curtains and then it's like i'll eat your ass and like all of a sudden all you, men are horrible and then you see that one comment like especially on cam things yes. dude it's fucking because you'll see that one comment like why is this dude talking about her curtains and i'm talking about eating her ass like <laughs> is he right or am i right so it's just a I like to think you both are. <laughs> uh, we're, yeah, we're trying to get camels. I also just, uh, so I've been doing Uber and Lyft uh, this past month because comedy's going well. And uh, I drive mainly like through the night when my daughter's asleep and I go home, make sure she gets ready for school, drive a few hours during the day, go home, take a nap and do it again. And driving that late, like the past week, for some reason, I have been picking up strippers left and right. And uh, we, I have one that uh, is super interested and has a lot of personality that I think will be really fun to talk to. Because I think that's another business. I'm interested in that kind of stuff because it's the we, control of men. Well, we had one on ours. Did, was she on yours too? Yeah. Yeah, Miranda. She was with uh, the our Libertarian. She's part of that group. Miranda. Um, just for the record, I don't have a podcast. Oh, I, I just said. saying that. But you were on the show at that time. That's true. What a Jesus. Quit being so sensitive. Um, but she was on our show and then she went through and explained everything like that. And it, it is fascinating. Yeah. I mean, they, the crazy, it's like talking to a cop man. they're going to have the craziest stories. When you ask them for their craziest story, it's usually someone gets stabbed or there's always a lot of cocaine. Oh yeah. Just like a cop. And the funny part is, is like the pot we had, we filmed the, we had the podcast at my house for a while until we moved over here. So literally she walked in my house, came in. I was able to interview a stripper in my house with my wife in the next room. That's what's great about having a podcast. Like, I'm an interviewer. I do this for content. Your son's like, hey, want to go on a hayride? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so, okay, so the the album, next Friday, or tomorrow, right? That's right. Tomorrow, February 22nd. So I tried to record an album in October at Joker's, which is the old Crackers downtown location, but it it was a mess. Uh, They really dropped the ball. And so what we're going to do with that footage is we're going to Wu-Tang it. 
Uh, we are going to make uh, Brad Shoemaker of Creative Zombie Studios, who produces the Christy Lee podcast and produces uh, Colt Cinema Cavalcade and a lot of the big podcasts. He's, uh, I call him the podcast godfather of Indianapolis. He's uh, the producer for the album, and we are going to take both shows, uh, my sets, and make one physical album, and that will be it. Nice. That will be the only copy of that audio will be that one physical album, and we are going to auction it off. I'm not saying that we're going to get $2 million, but I'm also not saying. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get a hold of the AIDS guy. Uh, yeah. Hope you can get the pharmaceutical guy out of jail. Uh, wait, we had a name for it, and I always forget it. It's something along, because I think theirs is called like One Night in Shogun or something. Yep. I think ours is uh, One Night No One Remembers or something like that. Nice. One Night Remembered by No One or something, but... Oh, uh, no one remembers that time in IN. Yes, I grew up a I huge Wu Tang fan. Still a huge Wu Tang fan. Yeah, so we're going to Wu Tang that, and I'm going to re record it at probably the place I should have done uh, the album at, regardless. This or Kettletop would have been great choices, but Red Curb Comedy in Avon. It is the improv theater owned by Will from the Smiley Morning Show. Uh, we have Nikki from the Smiley Morning Show who's going to host it. We have Kyle Buck, show favorite. I don't know why, but. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever you got, you guys got weird taste. Blumpkins and Kyle Buck. <laughs> no, Kyle's a great comic. That seems, that seems about right. And uh, Lisa, Lisa Sears, she's a fi- uh, comedian from Indianapolis, also a uh, host of the Gaze of Our Lives uh, podcast. She's going to be on the show and then very excited making his feature debut, Josh Springer, the inventor and CEO of the Bottoms Up uh, beer system, Bottoms Up Draft Beer, Warp Speed. He is going to be featuring. This dude is a genius. Those things are sick. Yeah, yeah, they are. He built the prototype in four days. That's crazy. From the day he thought of the machine, of the machine no one had ever thought of. He is a genius, and I've never seen someone pick up comedy so quickly. Nice. In That's two awesome. years, I think he's been doing it for about two years, he's become very comfortable, and I mean, he his life is perfect material. It You, you can't write it better than that, and he's going to be featuring, and then I'll close it out. Uh, you get a free single dad koozie uh, with a ticket purchase, and uh, we may do a podcast recording afterwards if people want to stay for that as well. We don't know yet. Depends on kind of how the no, I'll be there. Goes. Awesome. I, getting- I always go to like um, I've been trying to go to like kettle top, and then also like when other people come on, take the time to come on here, and then want to come on here. I know this, if that makes sense, right? Oh, one hundred percent. Because Kyle's like, hey, gotta support I, I, each other. Kyle's like, hey, I want to get him down here. I want him to get here to talk about what's going on. I was like, cool. Then the least I can do is go. Plus, when I go out there, and then it's great to make great connections because that's how I met you up at Kettle Top, and then everything like that's. It's a great way to do it because we need to grow Indianapolis into like lot there's like you have a big support system over here we have ours over here we just need to bring them all together and then see how because i'm just tired of like people like indianapolis like yeah it's indianapolis instead of like make it something like well hey what's going on in indianapolis why are people wanting to go there and and do things there the key i think is going to be what kyle has done what i am trying to do which is hitting outside the city limits and building in so brent terhune uh ryan knee miller and Dave Landau and I started a company this year called DIY Jokers uh, because the four of us have been hustling and busting our ass for years, and we make a lot of people a lot of money with our comedy. And we decided that along with you know continuing to work for agencies and stuff like that, we want to start booking our own shows where we get paid fairly, what, what we feel we deserve. And so we 
uh, start, it's a booking agency for ourselves. We book actual shows uh, amongst ourselves and our friends, and we also uh, do consultation for places like Kettletop, who are running a great show but just needed some tweaks to make the show better, or places that are struggling to draw people in general. We help with marketing. Um, so DIY Jokers, our first official show is going to be May 17th and 18th. It is going to be a red curb on the 17th and a kettle top on the Saturday. It is what we're calling the Avengers lineup, which is going to be the whole uh, company. Josh Springer, by the way, is also involved. So it's going to be uh, myself, Ryan, Brent Triune, Dave Landau, uh, Josh Springer, and then uh, Eric Samari, Fireball Eric, is going to be hosting uh, the show. So it is our Avengers lineup. The, the, the four, to me, Ryan, Brent, and Dave Landau are three of the funniest comedians in the country. And I think it's one of the strongest lineups we've had in and around Indianapolis in a long time. So May 17th and 18th will be the first DIY Jokers Presents show. And then we have another one scheduled. I'll be headlining in Franklin, Indiana, October 11th. And I'm looking for a place on the 12th. If you know of any bars that are looking to book comedy or have an interest in booking comedy, if you get me a meeting with them, I give I pay you a commission every time they book a show. No matter who you are. You can be somebody randomly on Facebook. You will get your name will be attached and it's in the budget. We we pay out a commission. Yeah, that's amazing. We're trying it, to do comedy the right way and create better opportunities. Yeah, and then that's where it, it was it was because of the association yeah with Kyle that was like, okay, then I'll write automatically I'm like then I have no problem um coming on because we've had in the past we had people come on and say hey i'm gonna come on then i want to do x y and z for you and then we realized yeah we know you're not gonna do that part but and then that's where i think uh, like you said but the very first thing you said in the episode was uh about how the trust part even in amongst comedians and the same way among podcasters too it's like it's, sometimes it's hard to trust people because you don't know what you want to get out of it believe you me i know that because me like you know we we started this um because someone asked me the other day it's like hey if you got a job doing a morning radio show afternoon radio show in indy would you take it i was like no they're like why i was like i get to do what the fuck i want here like this is you my show have another job where you get paid well i did yeah i was like, oh, I, was like I would i would take if they want to give me a ham sandwich and a and a coke every day i will take that job i would never i because we created this from nothing and then now it's grown into what it is organically and you know we didn't have to sell our soul to get it and and that's i think that's why it's so important to me that try to have a certain level of working relationships with people because i mean we have nothing to gain by fucking people over we've been fucked over a few times which is hilarious i'll tell you off air you'll get a giggle out of it but i did because we first got into it and then somebody did something i was like why did they do that to us? We're nobody. Like at that point, we were nobody. But it, it felt like I've I am lucky enough to be able. Well, not lucky enough. I've I'm able to be able to do like the bit the booking the the booking agency and everything else because for the 16 years I've done comedy, I have always been honest with people. I've always tried to be nice to people, and I've been good enough on stage to have credibility. So. Yeah, I I've agreed with you the same way. The philosophy is if we all just support each other, like there's not a cer- certain limited amount of spots for comedians or for podcasters to get. So that when one of us gets an opportunity, it's better for all of us. It brings more attention to, you know, the industry and the craft. Oh, I hate I said craft right there. I, I I smell like Axe body spray out of nowhere. That's how I feel when I say the, the phrase Facebook. You feel like this is just like uh, a douche. I've only had it for two years, and every time I say, well, when we posted this on Facebook book and you're like oh like oh, I, I, you're I, not gonna like instagram <laughs> i've had instagram for since it started but facebook was where like all these people are right now those are the people that are on there right now and they're the ones that 
are posting things that they don't know what it means, but they keep posting it. He's referring to Gene Sandusky. Yes. My dad posted a, uh, a meme the other day, and it had uh, Dave Chappelle, with, you know, scratching his neck with the the oh the, the Tyrone Biggums. Yeah, and it had to do something with like Trump. My dad's a big Trump supporter. My dad, and is he has no idea what that what that uh, Dave Chappelle meme means at all. He just was like, "Oh, has Trump on it?" Post. <laughs> so that's exactly what I think you're talking about. Yes. Is older people either you know asking their kids what they're doing because they're not hanging out with them. Well, because that's you know, one, that's been one of my things. I've been saying since i had it is like there's a kid with a broken arm and then like the mom's like shut the fuck up i gotta tell these people why trump's a bad person or why i love him the kids over there like mom seriously my arm is fucked like i will get to you in a minute like this is gonna solve it all right here this is my best work ever keyboard warriors yeah the kid just passes out from like the pain in the bone and they're like, and then, but they're not worried about this, but they're more worried about, like you said, jeans. Who's worse, her or the the mom that takes the photo of her kid with the bone sticking out of the arm? It's like, my son, that'll be, it's for all the sympathy. And you're like, bitch, pick him up and take him to the hospital. Yeah. That's protrusion. And every time I see some absurd post that's like, just some off the wall crazy shit. It's always like Debbie Straussinger or some like just random ass old lady that hasn't left within two two miles of her house in the past ten years. I have a feeling this has gone back further with Debbie. <laughs> this is a whole podcast episode. Of that name came to you so quick. No, not really. It's like Debbie the, Strauss or the, some <laughs> other person who keeps posting those cat photos. No, fucking her and CNN. You know, her no. best friends. Fuck your cat, Debbie. Yeah, the, my favorite, my new favorite one is when they put a picture of a woman that's been beat, and they're like, "Please find this person." Blah blah blah. And they, they put the person's name, so you automatically go look at the dude, and the dude's like, "I was not there. I never touched her." And then you click back to the other one, then you go through all the comments. Like, I can't see. I don't think he would really do that. Well, this photo has been altered. That's not the real person. So they're just going through yeah. and the whole time. This this girl who's obviously been through a traumatic thing and all these people with 3,000 comments are saying, well, I don't think that's really That's her. clearly Carl Weathers from Rocky 2. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say shit on Facebook, honestly. I, I just, don't I don't click on anything. Um, I just like in the studio, we'll take pictures. I didn't do it tonight or whatever, but I'll take pictures and then I'll make a meme of it later. But I didn't do that tonight because it got out of hand today because there was an atheist. I put that he finally found Jesus. Picture. And we're all wearing normal clothes. Yeah. Because I, you know, Justin likes to wear the NASA hat. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Juice looks, yeah. Juice but he, looks, I think he does it on purpose, though, which is even funnier, I think. Kind well, of. because he comes here and he knows I'm already going to make fun of him for so two like, hours. Might as well and, wear some crazy shit might, anyway. Might as well give him some ammo. But he yeah. doesn't have to give me ammo because Juice will never break character, right? So Juice is the guy that you can't get him to fucking snap. I've tried for what? I've tried for like a year and a half or however long I've known him. But like seeing every comment under the sun, he's always like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, yeah. That's and I'm like, fuck, snap, call me a cocksucker. Tell me something. It's kind of a good quality to have. I know it is, <laughs> but none of the rest of us have it, so I don't like it. Unless you've got a cruel, you just want to test that theory. <laughs> oh, I've tested it to no end. Oh, you're happy? He has really fucked with him. Yes, I have. I mean, I've said some things about his mom and everything. But he still is like, oh, man, you're a good man. I'm really proud of you. And I'm like, fuck. Did you accuse her of giving Blumpkins on a hayride? God damn, uh, Blumpkins. Full circle. So, um, anyways, but give out your social media um, where we can find you at, where to go at, all that stuff. I thought you were going to say social security number, and I would have happily given that out, too. <laughs> I give that shit out way more than I think I probably should. 
anybody that calls me on the phone is like, we're on a recorded line. I'm like, oh, okay, three. Uh, <laughs> you get tax fraud and you get more money. <laughs> your, no, credit, any, your credit score is better anyone, than it was. Yeah, anyone that steals my identity, my only rule is you got to switch. <laughs> Whatever you're working with, just yeah. give it to I'm guessing mine's worse. Uh, so this is what I tell every new comedian in Indianapolis that asks me for advice when it comes, as I say, when it comes to social media, the best thing you can do is be universal because when you ask me, where can you find me? Brad Scott comedy anywhere you look. That's Every awesome. platform. Brad Got Scott it. comedy. There you go. Because none's worse than like, well, I'm at Brad Scott underscore 326. But I, that's Twitter. Instagram is 7859. Well, I'm at Scott Bradley. And you're like, uh. And then there's always one weird one that's just like, you know, uh, Jalapo, you know, Jello or something. You're like, what the fuck does that even Jalapo mean? Jello. I was a thing from when I was in third grade. It's like, yeah, that's smart. Yeah, because when you I go to brand. Because when I go to try to find guests, I'll pull up their social media to see the way to contact them. There's been times that I've wanted to have somebody home, but I can't find them. Literally can't find them because their names do not match anywhere. I'm out there. Brad's got comedy wherever you look. Uh, Shane, thanks so much for joining me. It's good to see you as always. Yeah, man. Glad to be here. What's your social media, Shane? That's not important. (laughs) (laughs) It's really not. He doesn't use it. Not yet. He's rebranding. Ah, yeah, he's like the Oakland Raiders and moving to Vegas. Yeah, I can't tell you. Yeah, I can't tell you a Facebook that's not there yet. You're like right. Seamus. She- yeah, <laughs> I'll take come sh- back every six months, get the yeah. big pop, and then get booed two months later. <laughs> we are the for, oh. the for the next like two months. I'm Seamus. <laughs> All right, uh, Brad, thanks for coming in. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I saw this man on stage. He is fucking hilarious. Um, charismatic, good time. I enjoyed him up at Kettle Top, and then it's always good go out and go see local comedy we have a lot of good people going out there and go out and support them as much as we can so we're just gonna be something we're gonna be trying to do where we have local comedians on just more focal toward focus towards the local comedians and then do it that way i really appreciate the kind words fyi the paypal just went through thank you for saying that no problem our vimo i had to pay a comedian once to get venmo. a ticket through vimo and i felt <clears> old <throat> and i was like uh, venmo venmo i didn't know what it was Vimo. I just submitted. I think Vimo is a video camera. I don't know. But he said, hey, if you want to buy a ticket, that's how you got to do it. And it was one of my friends. So I did it and I downloaded the app. I didn't have the app. Then I was afraid, like, you know, never mind. You're talking about Benedict yeah. Cumberbun. Benedict Cumberbun. Uh, anyways, the social media here, our Twitter is at I am at the BJ Robbins. Um, we have uh, at Twitter's at the Smugcast Show. Facebook's at Smugcast. In uh, Instagram is at Smugcast underscore. And as always, if he offended you or hurt your feelings, we do have an open email, show at gmail.com. Um, Nancy, I, I appreciate the last email about how uh, you think I feel about um, abortion. I appreciate that email. Thank you so much. Um, but other than that, kids. Uh, we'll Can I close it by trying to offend your audience? Yeah, go ahead. Fuck it. I didn't have a closure anyway. What's the difference between a baby and a bag of cocaine oh my god there is no way eric clapton would let a bag of cocaine fall out a window (laughs) as always kids uh stay smug